world. Welcome to the bestest, most awesome episode of the week. Friday's Hello World. Hi, Donna. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Awesome. Um, you know why? Because it's Friday. Also, your girl's getting vaccinated today. Yes, that's awesome. Awesome. Exactly. Awesome. I'm booked in for Monday, so <gasps> almost there. Almost, almost there. time to get on planes. Fly away. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Time to celebrate. And yeah. talking of things that are handy in a plane, love my segue, don't you? It's a foldable device. <laughs> wow. And you what know what's the major news from Surface Duo team? Tell us. I tell do. Us. I do. I have awesome friends on the Surface Duo team, and they mm -hmm. told me two very exciting things. First off, they have this amazing Surface Duo blog. Mm -hmm. You can check out the link in the show notes, or you can try mm -hmm. and remember this awesome little handy link that they've shared with me. But essentially, every week, the Surface team posts a blog post, the Surface Duo team. They talk about different cool things that you can do, and you can go check out these awesome blog posts. But let me tell you the more awesome part of the news that they shared with me. Mm -hmm. This week and every week, so today, they have an episode that they do on Twitch. So it's live every Fridays on Twitch, where they get the person who writes these blog posts to talk about it. So you have the actual author of the blog post coming on, doing a very deep, technical deep dive on you know, what they talked about. So this week, the blog post was about how to build and deploy PWA, or progressive web apps, for dual screen devices. And Wait. they'll be on today. Yeah. So they're super transparent about all things Surface Duo, which is so hush-hush, with a Twitch stream. Like they go and oh, just yeah. people and everyone can drop their questions in the chat. Really? I did not know. Exactly. This. Exactly. So come with every single question you have. You have questions about what happened in the blog post, mm -hmm. questions about Surface Duo Dev itself, anything mm -hmm. about, you know, how the SDKs work, uh, any particular specific questions to the author itself directly as they're walking you through that blog post. Isn't that awesome? What? This is, I didn't know this, first of all. Um, and second of all, what a great way to go ask them to, for all their nifty tricks that they know with Surface Duo that none of us know because we didn't invent the thing. So that's a great way to go ask them a whole bunch of stuff. And it may prompt ideas for future blog posts. For sure. For sure. So definitely go ahead, check them out, ask all your questions. Mm -hmm. They're super cool people. And they'll, you know, just, just go bombard them with questions. They love, love questions. Love that. Um, yeah. Also news, May the 4th, Fourth. May the fourth be with you. May the fourth. You know, it's not today. I'm just announcing May the fourth is coming in like two weeks, three weeks, something. The MBAS Summit, Microsoft Business App Summit. If you are a person who is an expert or even vaguely curious about Power Platform, which you all should be, or Dynamics 365, which many of you actually do know a lot about, um, you should be tuning in to Microsoft Business App Summit, myambass.microsoft.com, um, because we are going to be talking about all of the latest and greatest news and what's coming up this year on the roadmap, but more importantly, sharing stories about you. So all of you are customer heroes out there who are doing extraordinary things with the Power Platform and Dynamics 365. We'll be sharing your stories. I'll be hosting, so I know we're sharing your stories. I'm out there collecting them like you know, Pokemons or whatever. Um, so if you have yeah. a cool story you'd like me to share on air, please hit me up on Twitter, LinkedIn, Smoke Signals, whatever. And tell me your stories because I love stories that no one else has heard to announce at MBAS in a very dramatic sort of way. So let's <laughs> love storytelling is the best, best. I feel like it's a skill I'm still learning. And yep, yep, totally best you're, way to share the news. You're very good at it. Remember last week you got us all like going, ah, because of the helicopter thing. Oh man, my little mm -hmm. helicopter's waiting on its update. It's gonna fly yeah. this week, hopefully. Keep please keep doing this and your free time, everybody. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, sweet. Okay. I'm just 
I'm just hopeful it wasn't like a Windows update. Then everyone's gonna yell at me like you ruined everything. The baby helicopter. I said I didn't. Even, I wasn't even there. This not my fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. So do you want to tell everyone our awesome show lineup for today? Yes. We've got such a good show today. So first up, we've got the MVP segment, of course. And Rochelle Sonnenberg has this incredible MVP named Hamida from Tunisia. And she's Tunisia by way of Canada. No, Canada by way of Tunisia. Yeah. And she is working on one of the coolest projects I've ever heard. Not because I'm horribly biased, but you're going to have to tune in to hear about it. Then we've got, um, I believe, Sweeky, you and Scott Stanfield are breaking stuff again or talking about breaking stuff or scheming breaking stuff, yes, something yes, like yes. that. Mm -hmm. And of course, we've got Chloe here with another incredible lifelong learner slash student who are working on how to you know, spread the knowledge of technology far and wide. And uh, you and Diego have quite a conversation lined up today with sound effects, apparently, and all sorts of- My first Diego's wall. My first Diego's wall. This could be great. All right. So we are ready to deep dive into the show. And first up, we've got Rochelle and Hamida. Rochelle. Thank you so much for having me, Donna. So we have Canadian MVP Hamida Rabai discuss how she supported Tunisian's tech community from a distance. Welcome, Hamida. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me to this show. Of course. Can you tell us about your MVP journey from Tunisia to Canada? Yes, sure. Uh, back to December 2017, when I was nominated as MVP, it was the only MVP in Tunisia. Tunisia is located in North Africa and it's really beautiful, I recommend to visit it in summer. Enjoy uh, writing blogs and producing simple videos that can give some tips in Xamarin, .NET Framework or Azure. The community wasn't large, so I tried to plan events with students that are more active than professionals. These uh, events are dedicated to every person who wants to improve their skills and learn new technologies. I planned free workshop after work inside the company to be able to help my friends to learn new technologies that maybe they can use it in a future project. Four months later, I decided to move to Canada where I joined Quebec and Canadian community. I can't forget uh, the first meeting in Quebec. It was in Azure Bootcamp organized by Microsoft Quebec and Quebec MVPs. After a few months, I joined the community by presenting a session or organizing some events. So from Canada, the first year, I was able to join Microsoft Ignite for the first time as a speaker too. And I participated in many events like in Guide to Tour, in Toronto two times, and in Paris. I was engaged to produce sessions and articles in multiple languages. And with the pandemic, events turned virtual, which allowed me to reach other communities on an international scale. Amazing. And can you share more about how you supported Tunisian events from a distance? Yes. When I moved to Canada, I joined the local community and I supported Tunisian community remotely using the LinkedIn group. Uh, name, the name of the group is the Tunisian.net community, where I share new blogs or video and new events in multiple languages, French, English, Arabic, and the Tunisian dialect. When I was uh, in Tunisia for holiday, I organized a conference for Visual Studio 2019 live with a local sponsor, and the number of participants exceeds more than 100 people between students, professionals, wanting to learn more about Visual Studio and Azure DevOps. 
And I talked about the MVP program in the end. Remotely, I planned to take the conf where I invited some Tunisians to speak for the first time. And last year, I planned a French session for Global Azure Virtual dedicated to Tunisian community. And I'm planning more future events with a student group to present some session in multiple languages. And today we have a session for Global Azure dedicated to Tunisian community and it will be in English. That's amazing. And I'd love to hear about how you support and mentoring future Tunisian MVPs. Hamida? Well, thank you so much, Hamida. I really uh, appreciate having you on the show. Uh, I, I guess that we missed her. Uh, I will bring it back to Donna and Sweeky. Oh, that was wonderful. And I am going to go and find Hamida right now as soon as we finish the show because she is about to go into her personal things. .NET community on learners as well as um, I know she's taught so many people Power BI. She's amazing and she's work also working on technology and healthcare to help fight and track COVID-19 in her country of Tunisia. So she's doing some great work and we'll have that um, in the notes as well for today's show. So really, really happy to have her here. Love that. Love that. Awesome. Isn't it incredible how powerful our community is? They're able to go reach people we would never reach without them ever. Because last time I checked, neither Sweeky or myself speak Tunisian French. No. So, yeah, it would be so hard to reach some of these global audiences if we didn't have our MVPs in country who understand not just the language, but the cultural context and what is businessly uh, necessary and relatable and useful. So, for sure. For sure. So Such an awesome segment. Time mm -hmm. for our next one with okay. Scott, who's back. And Scott's mm -hmm. going to show us some cool stuff today. Hey there, it's Wiki. Sorry I missed your debut last week, but it's uh, all good. All good. We got a chance to talk about what I want to talk about today, and I think we came up with this metaphor of gardening. And the yes. you're working yes. on a little project. I am. I am. I'm going to share it hopefully soon. But yes, we did discuss how there's a bit of you know weeding that goes on in gardening as well as in yes. electronics. Who knew? Yeah, and I consider the weeding it's kind of tedious, but it's soldering. And um, we're, yeah, we're going to have like a special 30 minute episode of you watching me solder. Um, but no, I'm kidding. Well, before uh, that, we'll have a pre-show of soldering versus soldering because oh, my half right. of the world calls it soldering, not soldering. We so. thought the only difference was soccer versus football, but it turns out all Americans call it soldering, but we dropped the L for some reason. So it's soldering. So we need an etymology show. Uh, but I cheated last week. Or, last time I was on. Uh, this is the little Raspberry Pi Pico. It's a microcontroller that runs um, MicroPython. And eventually we want to make it do some fun things, but I didn't really connect it to this little prototyping breadboard. I just stuck it on these headers. Now headers are the pins that are sticking up here that allow you to temporarily or permanently you attach to the Pico and connect it to a breadboard to do prototyping. And a lot of chips come with, some chips come with the header built in. Um, for instance, I have a Arduino here, and for prototyping, it's really handy to have the pins on, but if you're making a device after you're done with prototyping and you don't want all the extra bulk, you don't need them. So we have to do some weeding. And I, uh, last time I did soldering was last night, and I did a very poor job. Um, and then the last time before that was high school. So, 
Yeah. There was a gap of like 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. High school is so recent. Um, and it turns out since then, there's been some really cool updates. And I'm going to show you my little soldering iron kit. Now, oh, wow. in addition to gardening, I like to cook. And there's a phrase in the phrase I learned in, in cooking school called mise en place. It means things in place. And mm -hmm. I think with soldering, you really need to have all your stuff in place because in keeping with the theme of this being dangerous, uh, soldering is really dangerous. Um, well, kind of really. Uh, let's go. Let's actually, I'll switch cameras and we'll talk about some it of the is, hazards. It is dangerous. And I'm very excited because you have this tiny little kit. And my memory yes. of a soldering iron is this gigantic, almost mini fridge looking. You know, It's tiny. Thing. It's tiny. The soldering iron itself is this guy. And there's a uh, link we'll have that's going out. Um, actually, Mom, can you bring me that card? Ah, thank you, thank you. She's watching, visiting from Texas. Um, th this helps me do the focusing. So this is the this is a soldering iron, and it's tiny. It's just two pieces, and this tip here is um, special in that it's got a sensor, so it knows the temperature. This this is unusual in that it looks like a headphone jack, um, a TRS headphone jack. That's and awesome. Focus, focus. All right, good enough. Okay, so with this, uh, this is about I don't know sixty dollars. Um, this has everything we need to do um, to provide the heat to melt uh, the solder, solder, to get the job done. And the cool thing is, it runs on a power supply. You probably already have a USB-C power supply. And I'm going to plug it in, and it's booting up the firmware. Turns out the chip that's inside here is an STM32 chip. It's a really good um, all-purpose microcontroller. Um, not, it's not running the Pico, but there's a firmware in here called Iron OS, and you can download and change the firmware on your soldering iron, if I can ever get it to focus. Oh, I probably shouldn't touch it. So here's here's some of the danger. I'm going to boot it up, and it says no tip. Okay, well that's that'll help. Let me try that again. Some of the other dangers in soldering, um, I don't want to belie the fact that, I mean, this is a lot of fun, but there's a few things you should know. Number one, we are ultimately melting this solder that is a combination of 60% tin and 40% lead. Now, you know, lead is not something we really want to be ingesting. After you're done soldering, you need to wash your hands. Um, it's simple as that. But it's so simple, it's not bulky. I mean, I have this Radio Shack piece of solder. Yes, they still, I really want this part to focus. Considering I'm, I have all this camera gear and I can't get basic stuff to focus, but yes, Radio Shack solder. Uh, this one's a little bit smaller and fits in the kit. Now, in the meantime, this guy's heated up. It's hot. It's 300 degrees. Uh, Definitely looks see, crazy. Okay. Yes, you can see there on the screen. And let me just melt a little bit of solder. Now, when it melts, it's. Are you are you going to melt it this episode, or is it going to be for the next episode? I feel like you should save yeah. the events for the next episode. You know. I think so too, but. There it is. So we're going to go through some of the other kits, like the sponge that's useful for cleaning off and a little brass thing to uh, clean the tip. Mm -hmm. But getting all these pieces together, but uh, next episode, I'll have a list of all the items. But I like the idea of the minimum possible set of gear you need. In fact, you can do it portably with a battery. That's so let me come awesome. back to this camera here. And um, yeah. Yep. So that was awesome. That was I'm very yeah. excited for your kit. For sure. You. And you know what I was thinking, Donna, you might like a kit too. I think everybody uh, should get a kit. I want one, though I'll probably burn my face off. Also, we should change Scott's segment's name to Great Danger because it was legitly always great. All you need is a pen. That's all it is. That's what the soldering pen is. I it's just a pen. Those. I want one of those. Um, speaking of Great Danger, next up, we have the amazing Chloe Condon with her lifelong learner slash student of the week. All?
I'm here, I'm back, and I have a guest today, Daniel Kim. Hello. Daniel, welcome to the show. We've talked about Bit Project with uh, Shreya on the show before, but for folks mm -hmm. who are newer, let the lovely folks at home know a little bit about Bit Project. Yeah, Bit Project is a uh, 501c3 nonprofit I started with my friends to teach the awesome folks around the world about awesome technologies and have them build and ship amazing apps together. Yes. And it's been such a pleasure. We have been working with three cohorts now, building all sorts of fun serverless projects. Um, mm -hmm. As you can see here, they get to learn quite a lot of things during this program, Daniel. So what can people expect to learn if they participate in a BitCamp with BitProject? Yeah, exactly. We have had students with very little experience get from not knowing what an API is all the way to building their own application from scratch. So we have we teach everything like how to work with an IDE, to how to what are APIs, how do I find an API, how do I read documentation, and to planning an MVP and actually finishing a whole technical talk at the very end. And I feel like every time we go through one of these cohorts, Daniel, I feel like singing mm -hmm. Whitney Houston's I Believe the Children Are Our Future. I Definitely. feel like I say that on this show a lot, but I'm very inspired by these students. Um, for folks who've never uh, heard of the program before, as you can see, it's everything from HTTP requests and APIs to developing an MVP and with mentorship all along the way. Um, let's gush about some of these amazing projects that some of these students have built before, Daniel. Uh, we have Emma here. Do you want to tell some folks about Emma's project? Yeah, Emily built this clone of, I think it's a clone of Dropbox with serverless functions where students can upload files and uh, share them with their friends. And she built this because she had a hard time uh, sharing uh, her answers for the AP tests uh, when she had to take it remotely for the first time due to the pandemic. Yeah, solving real life problems. Um, exactly. We also have Dying the Distance by Anita. Now, this one I believe was all about choosing uh, restaurants at a at a mutual or a midpoint location. Exactly. We all need to do that, you know, because I know Chloe, you live in Oakland and I live in San Francisco. So if we want to meet up and have food, you know, we got to figure out where we can meet together so it's not too long for you and too long for me. I'm thinking Treasure Island, good midpoint there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, also, if folks want to check out the previous projects that have been done, we have a great video on YouTube of all of the students presenting their final presentations. This one was one of my favorites here. This was a geologist who decided to join Bit Project um, and made a SMS earthquake alert using his knowledge from Bit Project. So truly anyone can code. We love to say that here on the show, but Daniel, how can people get involved with the next cohort? Yeah, the next cohort is starting in June and applications are open now if you want to be participating here. Uh, we don't need to have any previous coding experience. All we're looking for is passion and your desire to learn. So please apply. Um, the links are linked below. If you go to bitproject.org, you can get all the information you need. Also, if you're a pro, a serverless pro that you want to share the, share the knowledge, uh, feel free to uh, apply to become a mentor because we'd love to have you to share your knowledge with the children because the children are our future. The children are our future. And for anybody who's thinking, I don't know, I've never done serverless. Is this for me? We've had folks do the program before who have never heard what an API is before. We've had folks an who- API? Have, an, an, API? Appy? an appetizer? 
what is what is that? <laughs> and I am so, so excited to be involved with this next cohort. Um, everyone can go to bitproject.org to check these things out. And I am just so excited for this next cohort, Daniel. What do you expect to come out of this next one? Should Do you think we have the next like Bill Gates in our program? Definitely. I think we have the next Bill Gates definitely in our program. And also, I'm so excited to see what awesome projects they come up with. Every cohort, there's another batch of such awesome projects from like IoT heart monitors to oh. earthquake detectors. What's next? I can't even like predict because it's going to be so awesome. I think we've got some future Imagine Cup winners in this next cohort. But Honestly. enough about Bit Project. Off to you, Squeaky, Squeaky and we'll chat with you at the end. <laughs> awesome. That was super, super fun. Donna, did you know what API stands for when you started? I know. I barely knew what API was when I was like 25 years old. So I used to, I was the one who called an appy. Okay. Mm, I did. Delicious. I did so, mm, delicious. So, so it's Amazing. so cool that you all are prepping students for you know tech careers so they don't feel like such a freaking imposter in their first year like yeah. so many of us have. So mm -hmm. thank you so much for doing this work, Daniel. Yay. And now oh, wow. time for me to learn some awesome stuff for Diego and Diego's wall. Hello, Diego. Hello, Sweeky, and hello, world. This is Diego broadcasting live from Seattle. And I'm here in my office, where, as you know by now, I've been collecting a lot of stories and anecdotes on these walls. And thank you, Sweeky, for the opportunity to share one with you. Yes, I'm so excited. My first Diego's wall. Teach me a wise one. <laughs> Cool. Well, today we're going to do not one, but two story times. Microsoft is in the empowerment business. Uh, our mission is to empower every person on the planet. So I want to talk about two super interesting real-life empowerment stories. The first one stands like this. Once upon a time, there was this young girl called Fiona Mutesi. And she was born in the slums in Uganda in very unfavorable conditions. We're talking about no running water, no electricity. Her dad poorly died at, when she was three years old of AIDS. Her sister died young uh, soon after. Her mother had to wake up at 2 a.m. in the morning, walk three miles to buy corn to resell on the street. They had no money for Fiona to go to school. She had to help her mom sell corn on the street. So it, things were not looking too good. Until one day, there was this missionary also from Uganda, this gentleman called Robert Katense, who wanted to help the community. He wanted to open a soccer school for kids, but soccer didn't work out because the kids would get injured and there was no money to pay the doctor bills. So instead, he went to win chess. Low chance of getting hurt playing chess. And it was mostly for boys, but Fiona would sneak in and Robert let her learn from him. And she all of a sudden became very good at chess. There was a lot of potential. So he kept investing, empowering her. And they, what happened after was so interesting that movie, uh, Disney actually made a movie about it. And I've kept for all these years, the movie poster on the walls. You can see right here, over there. It's called The Queen of Katwe. Uh, I'm going to totally spoil it, but the movie is still good. Fiona ended up becoming the Uganda national champion for junior, the first female to do that. She represented Uganda in not one, two, three, but in four Olympics. Uganda has a population of 44 million, so this is not, not uh, anything small. And so the, 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 the moral of this story is that IQ, intelligence, passion is equally spread across the globe, but opportunity is not. 
Fiona did not have the opportunities that some of us have, but when the opportunities were presented to her, she was able to flourish. And that's why Microsoft, when I led university recruiting at Microsoft, we hired students from over 900 different schools from all around the world. Um, so that's one of the empowerment stories I want to share. What do you think so far, Swiki? I love it. I love the movie and I love the story. Amazing. <laughs> Very cool. So the second story is just as interesting. It all starts in 2008 with Once Upon a Time. In Singapore, there was this kid called Joseph and he was about 12 years old and he had an idol known, called Michael Phelps. He was the best swimmer ever known. He had a lot of gold medals in the Olympics and for 2008 Olympics, Michael Phelps and the US team happened to be practicing in Singapore. So, so Joseph asked his mom, please take me to see the US team. I want to meet Michael. I want to meet Michael. What are the chances? But they went and he got to meet Michael. Michael gave him a very inspiring pep talk. They took a photo together, which I keep on the wall. But here's where the story becomes interesting. Michael empowered Joseph, who went to go into swimming. And eight years later, check out what happened. Eight years later, in the last individual race of Michael's first career, here's the photo they took in Singapore, Joseph beat Michael Phelps for the gold medal. So Joseph denied Michael Phelps of his 24th gold medal. So that means that Michael Phelps could have had 24 gold medals, but instead he only has 23 because he went on, because he empowered this, this small child. And what I want to reflect on today with you and the audience, Swiki, is that how did Michael Phelps feel at that moment when he lost by less than one second? He probably said, crap, why did I empower this kid years ago? No, he beat me. But that might be momentarily because I bet you that at the end of his life, Michael Phelps, if he's presented the option of having one more gold medal, the 24th instead of 23, or having empowered and touched this kid's life, he probably would prefer having empowered Joseph. Because in the end, empowering others is the best way for us to feel good about ourselves. You know, we want to make the journey good for us, but making the journey good for others is actually a better medicine for the struggle that is life. What do you think about this story? Agree, agree. I love it. It's like uh, what I'm taking away is no mentorship is big or small. Like you yeah. never know who you're inspiring. Just just go, go forward and share. You never know what hard you're touching. You never know what things that doesn't matter to you might be gold, no pun intended for someone else. So three calls to action for the audience. Now, number one, watch The Queen of Catway. It's on Disney Plus streaming service. Number two, seek role models. You know, like we all want to be ourselves, but it takes time to figure out who we are. It took me until 40 to figure out who, who am I. Until then, you look for role models. You try to be like them and then you find yourself in the process. And number three, be a role model. You always, as you say, have something to give, empower others, you won't regret it. That's all for now, I'll have more for you on Monday. Awesome, awesome. Yes, I love Call to Actions and I love that it's watching a movie. Yes, <laughs> favorite, favorite kind of Call to Action. Donna are, you, Donna, are you excited to watch a movie? Um, first, I've never watched a movie like in two years, so I have no idea how to watch a movie, but I love that Diego's homework's always like, take a nap, hang out for 24 hours, do nothing, watch a movie. These are the call to actions we need more of. We need less do the thing and more non do the thing. I know, I just said it on air and everyone's gonna be like, eh. So I will tell you though, I had the opportunity to interview Michael Phelps about three years ago, um, pre-COVID for Ability Summit. 
And um, did you know he got into swimming because he was bullied as a child for his huge hands. The thing that is his superpower right now is what he got made fun of. So he used to dive into the pool and swim away from the bullies as fast as possible. And guess what? He can swim real fast now. So I think he would be incredibly proud to lose his 24th gold medal to someone he met when they were a child who was so inspired that they went and pursued this incredible journey. So, yeah. all right. Uh, I feel like this week's episode has been all about paying it forward to the next generation. So first we heard from Rochelle and Hamida, if we could bring them back. Paying it Thank forward you. to all of these Tunisian learners. Thank you, Hamida. I'm gonna find you, find you and um, stuff together. Next, we of course had Scott, and Scott's biggest fan is also here. Hi, Scott's mom. Hi, y'all. Good to see you. Yeah. You know, great danger. So thank you for that. And then, of course, we have Chloe and Daniel talking about how I pay it forward to the next generation so no one else feels like an imposter the way we did when we first started in tech. So what a fantastic episode. What did you all think? Fabulous. I learned about the different ways to say soldering, soldering. soldering. I'm sold. I'd like to know. Does anyone else call it soldering outside of the United States? Is it just us again? I think, no. I think it's just you guys, but also the pen is mightier than the sword, everyone. Please remember that. Oh my gosh. Okay, by the way, next up, we um, have the AI show live with Seth and the new guest. So please tune in for that and definitely come back next Friday for more goodness from Hello World. Bye. 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 <laughs>